0: But here's what we really need to know. This is so crucial and it's so fundamental. It's like, you know, you can't fool mother nature. With all the good intentions, here's here's the important thing. A shidduch has to work in that the woman has to feel like a woman And the man has to feel like a man. I spoke to a a couple individually, separately. They were back and forth dating and meeting and for three years, on again, off again, back and forth. And she couldn't make up her mind. When I spoke to her, I asked her, like, what's the catch? Where's the hang up? She said, he is 99% of everything I want. Just 1% is missing, and it's making me crazy. I said, what is that 1%? She said, it's embarrassing to say, but he doesn't feel like a man. Nice, nice person. I said, well... That is not 1%. That's the 99%. Everything else is the 1%. If you don't have the male-female dynamic, that's 99%. A good shidduch means she brings out the man in him and he brings out the woman in her. If that's not happening, then... It it will explain the hesitation, the frustration. It will also explain what goes wrong if they do get married. So I I think when the Rebbe says that there has to be there's got to be good chemistry. The good chemistry is not how you feel about the other person It's how the other person makes you feel about yourself. If a man is sitting with a woman and he gets the feeling that he would love to take care of her, support her, protect her, defend her for the rest of his life, she brought out the man in him. If if she is feeling I would trust him. I would rely on him. I would follow him to the end of the world. He has brought out the woman in her. That is absolutely essential. Because you can't fool Mother Nature. When people ask, what is the, the, uh, what is the criteria? What is, what is the sign that this is right for me? And this is after making lists and checking lists and, and, and knowing exactly what the bio says and what, and still there's the question so how do I know this is for me? This the answer is this chemistry. If she feels like a wife to you even before you marry her, and he feels like a husband to you even before you marry him that's good chemistry but if you're impressed with him because he's very impressive that doesn't mean anything if you're impressed with her because she has so many miless and so many qualities it doesn't mean anything so for example there's a woman who looks great and she's smart and she's capable and she and she's confident, and she's funny, and she's adorable, why would you marry her? For those qualities, any guy would marry her. There's nothing personal. That's what's wrong in the secular world. In the secular world, in every school, in every group, in every, in every uh, social setting, There is one woman who outshines all the rest. Every guy runs after her. There's one guy who outshines all the rest, the tallest, the strongest, the best looking, the richest, whatever it is. So all women run after him, which means every man is competition to every other man Every woman is competition and a threat to every other woman. It's a nasty society. And besides, the best looking girl marries the best looking guy, it's a disaster. It's not good chemistry. So we need to talk about this. We need to know this. We need to check this. You don't want a chavrusa. A woman wants a husband, not a brother. And a man wants a wife, not a mashpia. This is something worth talking about it's a little off the subject, I just got to tell Gershon, he asked about, you asked about homeopathy. I never heard anything from the Rebbe about homeopathy, except that a woman came from England to base Chana, and she had a box, a shoe box, full of little remedies, little bottles of stuff, and she had just been by the Rebbe, and she had told the Rebbe what she said, and then the Rebbe said to somebody her her remedies work and they were homeopathic so okay zalman is on zalman can you unmute people
1: first of all rabbi thank you what you said before about how one should feel in a marriage was very very important and i thank you for it um it is uh, i i'm older but i've heard and i try to do shidduchim and i heard that many times boys will say, um, you know, I don't want a base yakov girl, um, and maybe because what they think comes with it, and why I'm saying it that way is it's not so easy to bring it out, but really how can a girl and a boy that go to yeshiva, stay separate all these years, come to have those feelings, um, and I, I, I know they can, but isn't there some sort of education, maybe someone they could Turn to that can help bring out the right uh, feelings because here we are trying to be sneistic, and yet at the same time, how do you portray and feel that chemistry as you're saying, or let the other person know that the boy or the girl that you know this is how we feel? I know you might say this is a natural feeling, but sometimes it's not comfortable for someone who went to yeshiva all these years or, or basiakov or, you know, any, you know, sneeze kind of from, you know, life to feel be comfortable to to bring that out. What do you think about that? Did you find that in your, your, your years of discussing things that this could be an issue and maybe what would be your advice?
0: I think the importance of tznias in the marriage, in the bedroom is so underrated Everybody rushes to tell you that you can do whatever you want, feel free, Uh, you know, it's a free country, Uh, you can explore, you can do whatever you feel like doing. Nobody needs to be told that. Everybody will do what they feel like doing. What they do need to be told is how their marriage is at risk if they lower their standards. A lack of tzinius between husband and wife creates a familiarity that is toxic and it breeds contempt. Seems like fun at the time, but the price you pay is terrible.
1: But that's not what I meant, Rabbi. How, when going out on a shidduch, how could they convey these feelings of, yes, I do feel that you're you're like a man. Yes, you do feel that on the boy's side, yes, I would like to... take care of you how can they I, I know there's been a situation where they can't they feel stifled because they never they never saw a from example of how it can be make be comfortable and of course nistically of course um shomanagia but how do you do that and how would you suggest you know or, or is there some teacher there for the women some for the boys that could bring that out in a proper way that they can be sneeistic, of course and at what and to enhance the chemistry so but but to do it in a way that's sneeistic. it's i'm telling you there are people that have this this situation they're stifled by it and it could be one of the reasons why a guy could say oh i didn't have chemistry or uh, the girls as this girl said she doesn't see that part of him as a man it's because of the educate the lack of education but we, of course i'm talking sneeristically. where do we get this that we can understand it and you could maybe say this is natural but uh, they could like the boy very much and they could feel it but they don't know how to let the other person know it in a sneer from way
0: let the other person know that they're not talking happened.
1: about marriage I'm talking about before marriage, right? So, you know. so
0: you're asking, how do you let the other person know that you're attracted?
1: Because they can't. Some of them can't let their their feelings. Um, they you know they they don't know how to express it in the way they'll be proper in a sneeristic way. And from and shomer how do you let a person know that 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 by that, offering
0: to marry them? <laughs> <laughs> That's no, the I'm best talking way. the first.
1: No, people go by the first date, the second date. You know. Yeah. You know, to, they're a lot. They're so used to suppressing. I'm going by comments over here. They're so used to suppressing yeah. um, those feelings, and um, and not knowing which way is frum and kosher. That's so what act,
0: so actually you're describing the confusion yes. between male female attraction and sexual attraction. The best way to show that you have good chemistry is to want to go out on another date or to want to get married. You don't have to be so specific as to what exactly is attracting me. But that attraction in your own mind should be there. So you don't have to say, you're bringing out the man in me.
1: <laughs> Many times a person will say, um, um, when they're reading a shidduch, um, you know, a resume, they say, I don't know, and they went out once, it's no chemistry. How could they do that right away so quickly and not giving an opportunity? So what do you suggest You know that sometimes completely... they might stop it? They might stop it before it really could yes. grow into a, yeah, a marriage situation.
0: Yeah, that's a different question. The question is, should people make the decision based on one date? That's always a good question. Now, sometimes the feeling is so strong that there's nothing to talk about. They just don't want to go again, and so it's over. But reasonably, you shouldn't really decide after one date, unless it's really horrible. You should give it a second try, because on the first date, you don't see clearly. So that is a good suggestion. People should be a little less judgmental on the first date. you're not yourself, the other person is not themselves, so give it another try. You'll see a completely different person on the second date. Usually. Yeah. What about the person who after one date says, yes, I want to marry him? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Also not a good idea. Nobody's asking you if you want to marry him after one date. The question is, would you spend another hour with him That's all you know after one date. So spend a few hours, even if you've already made up your mind. Check it out. Make sure that there's good reason for you to make up your mind. Thank you. On the other hand, there's a habit now, which is terrible, and that is to date for months for a year that is so unhealthy and it doesn't clarify anything it just makes you more confused so if you haven't made up your mind after three months drop it and three months is the outer limit yeah what were you going to say
2: um I was gonna say, uh, uh, good to see you. Um, you know, one one other thing I'm just uh, reminding you, when, when you were by us in England uh, many years ago to the Shabbaton, and uh, one thing was uh, stood out. One I, got, month, I got
0: there after Shkia, right? <laughs> I, don't,
2: I don't remember. <laughs> I remember you said that, and, and those words stuck with me. I was overhearing a, a young woman there, she was concerned she didn't know uh, whether to marry this guy or not she'd been dating him a lot and she didn't know and you said something which has stuck with me all these years you said something to the effect that um, if he makes you feel comfortable in every way then that's a good sign that he's the right person and I've you know mentioned I don't know I I came a few minutes late I'm not if you, you mentioned that, maybe you mentioned that. Um, but I'm just, um, I, I assume you still feel that way. That's, a, that's an important, crucial. And she, by the way, she married this guy. <laughs> she, this uh, helped very much. But I wanted to ask you something. Um, you know, is, do you find there's a problem, and I, you, you did allude to it, I think, in, in, in what you said before. But sometimes you find kids are looking for quote-unquote qualities. But they're judging the person on the qualities rather than trying to figure out if you, you feel good about this person, if this is the person. I think you were sort of saying that, that it's not about qualities, but I, I, I'm coming across this, that, that people are judging by qualities. Well, he's this and he's that and he's a sedition, he's learning, but... You know, he doesn't have quite such a good sense of humor, or he's uh, this, he's that. You know, it. Uh, and and one tries to say, look, t- 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 how do you get somebody to get out of that mindset? It it it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a habit that people are getting into. They yes. feel that's
0: misleading. It's a misleading message, and that's a very crucial thing you're bringing up you're going to marry a person, not a bunch of values. You're going to be married to a person. Make sure you want to be married to a person before you get married. Because in the end, that's what marriage means. You don't marry qualities. You marry a person, an annoying person. (laughs) A person with flaws, and what are the flaws? She's not you. That's the biggest flaw in the world. <laughs> he is not you. How are you going to tolerate that? He's smart. He's good. He's f- yeah, but he's not you. Are you marrying him, or you're marrying things about him? And that's the Mishnah. There's a love dependent on something or things that won't last a love that is not dependent on anything then it'll last but if it's not dependent on anything then then what is the relationship the relationship is the person not the things about the person so a husband says to me i love everything about my wife There's nothing about her that I don't love. I said, you know, that that confuses me a lot because I just spoke to your wife and she wants a divorce. (laughs) So something is not adding up. You love everything about her and she's miserable? How can that be? So either you're lying or you're actually giving me the answer. You like everything about her. You don't need her. You just want the things about her. She feels completely alone in this relationship. Because you don't need her. You just need the things about her. So if it's about those values, qualities, characters, then you're married to them, to those virtues. You're not married to him or to her, which is the same thing with Yiddishkeit. A man says to a woman, I want to marry you for your money. Honest, straightforward, no tricks, no gimmicks. I want to marry you for your money. Why is that offensive? Because when you say, I want to marry you for your money, what you're actually saying is, can you just give me the money? (laughs) Why does everything have to be so complicated? (laughs) Just give me the money. All I want is the money. If I have to marry you for the money, okay, I'll marry you. No, I'm not marrying you. I'm marrying the money. Same is true with Yiddishkeit. I'll do mitzvahs. I'll be frum. I'll believe in God. I'll whatever, if that'll get me to heaven. Yeah, Gan Eden, Yeah, that. but really, can't you just give me Gan Eden? Do you have to make everything so complicated? <laughs> I have to put up with your six hundred and thirteen mitzvahs. Just give me the Gan Eden. <laughs>
2: nice, the, the if I can ask you, you there are Shachalim around who are, uh, who, who, do, uh, who do special uh, race groups and whatever, and they are advising their boys or girls that, you know, they do a whole interview and a whole analysis, and they are, so to speak, they're paid to come up with the four or five traits that you should be looking for in a it? what is your view on that is that so that seems to be like what but shouldn't but, but on the other hand you, you, you should be able to think about what you want no I mean
0: yeah just, so but here's, here's, here's the the, uh, the catch the reason you date which is a horrible word we, we shouldn't call it that. The reason you meet the person before you decide to marry is not because you want to find traits that you you are going to marry. You're going to marry the person. So why do you need to find out the traits and the character and and the style and so on and the looks? You want to make sure that the looks and the character and the sense of humor. And the personality doesn't offend you, doesn't doesn't turn you off, so that it won't get in the way. You're not marrying the sense of humor. You're not marrying the looks. You're not marrying the good character. You're marrying the person. So then you can dismiss all the. No, you can't dismiss it. You have to make sure it won't get in the way. So you meet a woman. And there's nothing about her that puts you off. Now you can marry her, but you're not marrying all these nice things you've discovered about her. You're marrying her. So the list that you put together, that's just, that's just clear, you know, to, to uh, check off any possible problem So you don't marry somebody because they're smart. You don't marry somebody because they're nice. But if they're not nice, you're gonna have a very hard time liking them. And what is nice? You see, by every person it's different. So how many things do you have to have in common before you can get married? You don't have to have anything in common you just can't have conflict of interest. So you both love to travel and... Yeah? You just want to make sure there's no conflict of interest. No conflict. Yeah. So if there is nothing about the person that, that is uncomfortable, then you can marry them. If something makes you uncomfortable then you can't marry them. So very, very often a man would say, I, I'm going out with this woman. I really should marry her. She's great. She's good. She's right. and, and, and I hesitate because she has this, this, this birthmark on her and I, I can't stand it. And that is so petty and it's so foolish. Well, you're petty and you're foolish. You can't marry her because it bothers you. He said, but it shouldn't bother me. (laughs) Well, you should have thought about that 10 years ago. Like like one guy tells me he's frustrated because he can't decide to marry this very, very nice woman that he's been dating. I said, is she blonde or dark? He says, what's the difference? I said, just curious. Is she blonde or dark? He says, "Eh, dark. I said, when you thought of marriage in the past, did you imagine marrying a woman who's dark or blonde? He says, no, I always thought blonde. I said, okay, so you can't marry her. He says, but blonde or dark, that's just Sahara. I said, so what, you want to marry her without your Sahara? <laughs> You're going to leave your Sahara in your mother's apartment? What are, what are you going to do? That's your yetzahodah and that's you're what
2: you're right. Huh? Can you not work on yourself to, to say, look, I...
0: Not, not I, this I, week. <laughs> She's waiting for an answer. You're going to go work on yourself. The Rebbe says, don't
2: be involved in toffel the toffel. Don't be involved. So if the Rebbe gives you advice in letters not to be involved with l'choirah, you could do it. You could
0: You, you should have done it a long time ago. But it's never too late. Right. But for this girl, it's too late because she wants an answer this week. (laughs) And this week, you cannot marry her. So you're going to take a year to work on yourself and your values and your... But what I'm saying is this. You don't need a good reason to say no. Anything that bothers you is a reason to say no. That's why you're meeting. You're meeting, to, you're seeing each other because you want to make sure that nothing bothers you. So if you see that something bothers you and you're going to marry her anyway, you could have married her over the telephone. <laughs> Don't do that. If something disturbs you, take it seriously. Whether it should or shouldn't disturb you is not the issue. On the other hand, There are people who meet and they see in each other really serious flaws and they don't care. Doesn't bother me. Your own mother will say, what? Why would you marry somebody with that problem? It doesn't bother you. Then it's not a problem. It's it's very subjective. This wouldn't bother anybody else. But it bothers me. Or this would bother everybody else. Yeah, but it doesn't bother me.
2: But most people find something that about it, It's not like, it's not a hundred. They always find something. No, I guess that's the reason service.
0: If you always find something, you're 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 resisting. You're resisting marriage. Mm. There's a famous story about a shatran who set up a couple to meet. And afterwards, the girl said, I'm not interested. He's balding. He's a young guy. He's already getting bald. Okay. So then she sets up a meeting with this woman with a boche, who was already bald. But she told the boche not to take his hat off. (laughs) It's a good shot, right? (laughs) Don't take your hat off during the date. Anyway... After the date, she calls the girl and now she calls the guy and he was good. You're interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, meet again. And then he said, oh, by the way, you told me not to take my hat off. I forgot. I took my hat off. She said, oh, boy. She calls the girl. Yeah, so you're interested. Yep. You want to meet again? Yes. It went very well. And the shatran says, even though he's bald? She said, he is. (laughs) She she didn't even notice. That's why there's there's an expression in Yiddish. If it's bashert, you will see no faults. And if it's not bashert, you will see no no virtues. (laughs) Anyway, the point is, take, take your hesitation seriously don't go to the chuppah with, with, with anxiety. It's happening too often. You talk, talk to a couple who are having serious problems. I say, when did these problems begin? She says, under the chuppah. Don't do that. If something bothers you, take it seriously. On the other hand, If he has a chesadun and it doesn't bother you, don't take it seriously. Don't go by what's on paper. Go by what you're experiencing. That's the purpose of meeting. Otherwise, we can do it the old-fashioned way. Let your father decide who you're marrying and that's it. I'm speaking to some very, very secular women high powered, successful, you know, business people. And they were frustrated in trying to find a husband. And one of them said, why can't my father just marry me off? Yeah. So, wow. (laughs) I wanna be married. I don't like the hassle of getting married. Yeah, makes sense
2: know
0: the whole Torah I don't want to have to learn it right but it makes sense so you know it's the last thing you expect to hear from a modern sophisticated. but yeah yeah I want to wake up married I don't want to go through this but we do we have to meet you have to see and you have to feel comfortable with things so that you can marry the person and not the things That's why our grandparents would never think of getting divorced. So we tell young people, oh, in the past, people got married, they stayed married, it was real. And the young people say, yeah, but they were miserable. Divorce was not an option, but they were not happy. It's true, they weren't happy with each other because they disagreed about so many things but they would never give each other up. So all their arguments were about things, never about each other. We are trying to do the opposite. We don't really want each other. We just want all the right things.
1: Um, If anyone has any other uh, questions, uh, just uh, you can raise your hand. Uh, One question that uh, came up uh, was um, a situation with parents finding that, you know, the the girls seem very educated in marriage and very ready for marriage after seminary. And with the Bahram, there's no education through the system. And there seems to be a real lag um, between the Bahram are holding and where the girls are holding. And what can we do about that as parents to, to try and improve the situation?
0: You have to demand more of the yeshivas. And you have to make sure that your bacher has a mashpia, a good mashpia. That's that's where it's supposed to happen. You also have to make sure that you don't recommend a shatchan who doesn't stay involved until the chuppah. The shatchanim now have this attitude that after the first introduction give each other your phone numbers and talk to each other and set up your own dates it's a disaster you must have a shatran until you're married not literally but until you're engaged for sure you have to have a shatran every step of the way it's essential because for two reasons. First of all, you meet a guy once and you give him your phone number. That that's vulgar. He's a total stranger. Why are you giving him your phone number? After you met twice, now he's not a stranger anymore. You can give him your phone number. That's crazy. The purpose of a shatran. You go out, you meet, and you decide it's not for you. So what do you do? Let's say say the girl asks, so should we get together again on Monday? And you say, actually, I don't want to get together with you anymore. You're going to do that? No, you won't. You'll feel uncomfortable. You don't want to hurt her feelings. So you'll kind of agree to another date, and then you'll tell her. But then again, you can't feel bad. So you agree to a third date. You're getting yourself into such trouble. So what's the the alternative? Tell her. When she asks, are we gonna see each other again? Say no. She's gonna ask why. What are you gonna do then? If you're a very honest kind of a person, you'll tell her why. Uh, You're you're overweight. I don't like that. You're going to kill her. You're going to give her such a complex. You're going to hurt her so badly. It's a sin. Or the girl wants to say no. She doesn't want to hurt him. So she gets herself trapped. That's the role of the shatchan. You never ask for another date. You call the shatchan. What is the, the benefit? If you say no to the shatran, the shatchan conveys the no. So let's say you said no to a girl. The shatchan calls a girl and says, no, it's off, it's over, he doesn't want. And she says, why? Shatman says, how am I supposed to know? Nobody gets hurt. And then at the end, the guy feels like we've met eight times, nine times for hours on end. I'm ready to marry her. So he proposes to her. and She says, no, no, I'm not ready. What does that do to him? What does that do to their shidduch? You never propose unless the shatran says the answer will be yes. <laughs> it's such a it's such a a, a perfect, um, harmless, thoughtful, considerate way of doing things. Nobody gets hurt, ever, ever. So I'm talking to a bacher about a year ago. And he says, I was meeting this girl who was a shidduch, blah, blah, and, but it didn't work out, so we broke up. I said, excuse me? You broke up? <laughs> what, the... you, what broke? What broke? You're two strangers. You met a few times and you spoke a little bit. What broke? What kind of language is it? Where is this language coming from? This is not right. You do not develop a relationship with someone you're dating, and that relationship has to be broken. That's so secular. It's so not Jewish. Dating is not a relationship. You shouldn't even call it dating. So people ask, how much must I tell and reveal about myself on a date? Nothing. Nothing. It's It's not a trial marriage. If it's getting serious, if something is happening, but... If you're not even sure you want to marry the guy, why are you you telling him more about yourself than your own mother knows? What are you doing? So in the secular world, dating is kind of a um, semi-marriage. In many cases, it replaces marriage. They're just going to date for 10 years. We don't do that. When you're dating, you have to be very selfish. You're not there to impress. You're not there to make a good impression. You're there to check out the other person to see if there's a potential marriage. There's no commitment here. So the question is, at what point in the development of a relationship should you start talking about personal things? It's a good question, because if you do it too soon, you're making a fool of yourself. Your date is not your therapist. Don't don't tell her all your problems. And even after she becomes your wife, she's not your therapist. Get married, not get cured. And This is really important stuff. We've become way too secular. We don't need a shatran. Uh, this guy says, I'm going out with this girl. She's really very special. I mean, really impressive. I'm really impressed with her. I said, so is it too soon to say mazeltov He says, oh, I'm not marrying her. I said, why not? He, he says, because the next one could be even better. I said, wait a minute. You went out with this girl to see if you could marry her. You can marry her. So why aren't you marrying her? (laughs) He says, you mean just marry her just to be married? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No? Something's very wrong here. This dating can go on forever because the next one could be even better. The goal is no longer marriage. The goal is to have a very good date that is so not Jewish, it's so vulgar. We gotta stay focused. The purpose is marriage. If that's not your purpose, then don't date. Don't, don't ruin somebody else's life. I think that's, that's an important role of the shatchan system Weed out the ones who are not serious. Like the first question should be: You want me to set you up with somebody? Are you to get? Are you ready to be married by Pesach? By Pesach? No, then then forget about it. You're not serious. Uh, if, uh, if there's
3: anyone, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yes. Just wanted to ask, according to, first of all, thank you, and by the way you're speaking, it sounds like you could have 50 basherts. So any boy or any girl that don't bother you, they could be your bashert. So there is more than one?
0: No, the point of bashert means, of all the pers- people you could marry, you're going to marry this one not any other. So how will I
3: know that he's the one if uh, anyone could be the one?
0: So first of all, all you need to know is that you want this person to be the one. That's all you need to know. Whether this person is the one, you'll only know when you walk out from under the chuppah.
3: So what you're saying is when... I am going out. The only thing really I should strongly feel is, do I feel comfortable with this person? And then, do I feel like I want to be married to them? Do, um, like, um, do I feel like I want to look after them, and protect them, and love them? And uh, whether they are more Hasidish than me or less Hasidic than me, smart, humoristic, those are all unimportant qualities.
0: If they don't bother you, okay. But if you're going out with somebody and they're not as chassidish as you like, you're not comfortable with their uh, modernity or whatever. That's a problem. Yeah. If it doesn't bother you, then it's not a problem. But this po- this idea that you could know who is your bashert before you get married—that's unrealistic. You're not supposed. You can't know that. I think somebody once wrote to Rebbe in the early years that he was on a bus and he saw this girl and she is his bashert but she doesn't want to talk to him. (laughs) So he asked Rebbe for a bracha and he got a bracha for a refuah shlema. (laughs) How do you know she's your bashert? Particularly if she doesn't want to talk to you. He saw her and she's my bashert. You're crazy. The way you know that somebody is bashert is because you're married to them. No marriage will happen if it's not bashert. So what do you know before you marry? That you want this person to be your bashert. When people would write to the dev, I met this person, should I marry him? What do you mean, should you marry? What kind of question is that? Are you asking, should I like him? Are you asking, uh, will this work? What are you asking? If you're not sure you want to marry him, then what are you asking? When you're sure you want to marry this person, then you ask. You're not asking the debit to tell you whether you want to. So if you haven't made up your mind that you very much want to marry this person, what are you writing to the Deba for? What are you you asking? When you ask the Deba, you're saying, we want to marry each other. But is it okay for us to do what we want to do? But if you're not sure you want to marry each other, what are you even asking? I want to share with you this very beautiful thing. There's a, a, many years ago, this girl wrote to the Rebbe, I met a Bacher. we like each other, it's a little good, so um, I'm asking, she wrote in Yiddish, she says, I'm asking, whether we should go further with the Shidduch, so the Rebbe crossed out vaiter. And wrote Nante. To... <laughs> Don't go further, go closer. So they're happily
1: married. Um, do we have a uh, room for one more question. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, Chaya.
2: Hi. Hello? Yes. Hi. <clears throat> OK, so I, I wanted to ask how you would recommend. Do you hear me? Yeah. OK, I wanted to ask how you would recommend parents of Balei Tshuva supporting their kids through shidachim when they're doing it kind of on their own, like without really the support of their parents.
0: So you're asking on behalf of the parents or on behalf of the children? Who's in trouble here? <laughs>
2: Well, um, on behalf of the the children, I guess, but also in in the perspective of parents who don't really um, understand but still want to be there for their child.
0: It's a very good idea to have your parents meet the person you want to marry and hear what they have to say. Mm -hmm. Because they know you very well and even though they don't understand Yiddishkeit, they have some good advice for you. So get their opinion, get their input, involve them. It'll pay off in the long run. You're not asking them whether you should marry somebody religious. You're telling them about the character of the person and hear what they have to say. Because ultimately it's gonna be very important for you that your parents like your husband or your wife it's going to be important so let them in on the process ask their advice take their advice seriously you're not asking them to decide for you but you want to hear what they have to say and if they like this shidduch you're, you're far ahead of the game it'll feel much better they'll feel better it'll be, it'll be much better so don't, don't leave them out. There's no reason for that. Unless they're against you marrying from. Well, then you got a different problem.
2: <laughs> Great, thank you.